Welcome to the Revenue Marketing Report powered by Caliber Mind. This is the podcast for B2B marketers looking to uplevel their skills to succeed in leadership. I'm your host, Kamala Thompson, and Doug Bell is joining me again today. Doug, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Doug. I am a fractional executive. I spent 20 years in marketing leadership and uh, started my career actually as a SaaS marketing leader and never left. I'm actually the fractional CMO for Caliber Mind. Thank you for coming back for a third day. I, I don't know. Like I keep thinking I scare people off and they keep coming back. It's great. Thank you. It is the Iron Man of podcast episodes. Uh, I am extremely tired. Yeah, well, um, I, I'll send you a, a copy. Thank you after this. Uh, so <laughs> I think this next topic is going to be our feistiest yet because it's one that you and I have debated in the past. And that is, are marketers bad at numbers? Thoughts? No, they're not. This is where we always debate. I, you know, it's, And I love this debate, but uh, I think marketers are great at numbers. I really do. Um, you know, and and like I, I just have to unpack this. This is my side of the argument that Campbell is going to win. I know she is, but here we go. We are constantly under pressure to use data to decide what's next. Show me a marketer that isn't in front of a spreadsheet at least once a day. I'll be shocked. One, two, we've got to create and manage budgets all the time. Three, we're constantly asked to provide ROI and what we're doing. Right? We live in data. Okay, so what I would argue is that. Uh, we're not bad at numbers, we're really bad at communicating uh, the results of what we're doing and we hide the ball too often. But I'd say we're not bad at numbers. Now, I, but you're going to tear my argument apart. Please go ahead. Yes and no. So I agree that the main issue is understanding what it is that people actually want behind all of those asks. Because People ask for things and what they want is something completely different. And sometimes people ask for things that are just impossible to get to. Like for that last email you sent, how many dollars did we get out on the other side? Well, that's one of 242 interactions that I can track and I don't know. So I think we're, I agree with you in that we are always looking at data we're not always presenting the data the business cares the most about. And sometimes that's a function of there not being a gold standard and it not being taught consistently to rising leaders. And I think the other part of that is marketing data is extremely hard and not as transactional as, let's say, an opportunity. And, and that's where I think we'll always agree. And I think that's maybe the crux of what we're ultimately always debating. And I, I think it's a matter of, the clarity of and the efficacy of your data. I think that's the core challenge for marketers. And I have to say, I feel like 90 something percent of marketers are sitting on the wrong data sets or can't associate the data. Um, and so the, for the lucky, say five to 10% that can, I mean, they're outpacing the market. So I'll, I'll quote last, uh, yesterday you quoted Gardner. I'm going to quote, um, uh, I'm going to quote a, another source here, which I really love, by the way. If, if you haven't looked at Bain and Company's data, they do a really good job of, of sort of sorting things out and, and cutting through the noise. But Bain and Company recently did a study that said that organizations that master data for go-to-market performance purposes rather are 4x more likely to achieve their profitability and growth goals. 4x times, right? That doesn't and surprise so me at all. It doesn't surprise you, but so so what percentage of the market's outperforming their uh, public or private? Who's who's outperforming 4X? If you look at the data, 
Go look at the data. What percentage of the market is that? That's 5% of the market, right? So, you know, I look at it and I go, 95% of the market doesn't have the data they need. So if you're going to ask me, are marketers bad at numbers? I'm going to say, no, they had the wrong data in front of them. I would argue we're also not great at prioritizing investing and getting the right numbers. And I think a big reason that is, is because um, the pressure you spoke about that we're under, the budget cuts that we face, and the pressure we have to produce pipeline over anything else. And the irony is that because we're not investing in that infrastructure, we can't prove that we're producing pipeline. <laughs> it's a snake eating its own tail. But I think you and I have, in our careers, been lucky enough to operate from a perspective of data privilege is what I'll call it. Yeah. Which is that, and I think you and I just have gravitated towards nations, organizations that value accurate data and believe in using data to drive performance. And yet, even in those environments, we've struggled sometimes to go, what's the right data to look at, right? So let's just say, however, we are operating from a place of data privilege. The vast majority of the market and having worked with amazing companies now over the last year as a fractional executive who have amazing people and the best products you can ever think of, the vast majority of those folks have the worst data. I have seen that too. Anybody who's been in a fractional role or just around the block in general, it's it's not always a priority. Um, those marketers are still under the same amount of pressure that those of us that have the data are under, and they're at such a disadvantage. It's really frustrating to watch happen over and over again. And we argue, we're arguing around the efficacy of data. We're arguing over the completeness of data. And yet we really are around that. I, I think we're probably one or two sigma, meaning our data and the ability to, to say that it's pulled together appropriately and something we can really look at and pull apart is really in the upper echelon. And we still struggle. So I go back to this idea of our marketers bad at numbers. No, I feel like marketers don't have the data they need and there is a privilege of having the data that can have this argument. But I will tell you, just on the attribution front, the average company could barely do first touch. I do think, however, there are a few stigmas and behaviors that aren't helping marketers overcome the challenge that we're up against. And I think, and I've, I've seen this play out. I don't know if you have too, but sometimes creative types, especially of more our generation, were told that they weren't good at numbers as a result. Because if you're creative, you're not analytical. And I think things like reading charts, that's pattern matching. That's something we do from a really young age. It's how we recognize our parents. It's how we figure out what brands we like and how we recognize them. I don't think it's true, but I think some of us have that in our heads and need to challenge it. I, I think, Kimberly, you're, you make a valid point. And I, I think what we're speaking to now is the range of skills and whether or not those skill sets are inherently skewed towards one direction or another based on our profession. And, and I, I think it's valid to say that a lot of marketers are really good with concept and creative. But here's a little truth for you. And this is something, again, it's taken me 20 plus years of, of time to realize. Even the most abstract, obtuse, I can only look at data, people I have dealt with can still operate in the conceptual. They can still operate sort of in that creative place. 
it's just a matter of sort of training ourselves to do that. Now that sounds like incredibly theoretical. So let me give you a couple examples. One example I would give is um, that moment when we're sitting down and we do this all the time and we're going, I need to hit a quarterly pipeline number. How am I going to do it? What am I going to do? Where do we invariably start? We start with, we start with the wrong thing and I do it too. What do we start with? We start with prior performance data from prior quarters. We go to the analytical piece. Guess where the problem is? It's not in the analytical data. It's not in your past performance. You have a concept problem. This is that kind of concept space, right? And invariably what we do is we start in the data. Well, guess what? When you start with the data, by the way, this will go back to this idea that actually people that are bad at numbers are probably your best performing marketers when it comes to understanding what's gonna come next because we go to them and go, I don't wanna tell you about any of the numbers, tell me what I should do next to hit my pipeline numbers. And invariably what they're gonna do is operate in that concept zone, right? That's where the ideas happen. And then you could sort of back in. That's one example I would give you that I see happens all the time with marketers who are supposedly bad at numbers. These are the folks that usually are the best at sort of concept ideas like what should we do next? So I, I think there's a range of skills there, Kamala. And I, and I do think it's unfair to say that um, you know, marketers in general are bad with numbers just simply because guess what? We, we have a, a broader range when it comes to concept versus analytical. We're better yeah. in other words is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think what differentiates a really excellent leader from someone who isn't is they're very self-aware and they recognize if they are uncomfortable with numbers, they offset that with somebody who's who's got that skill. So maybe it's less about, are we bad at it? as it is, can we recognize that right now we're up against some pretty steep challenges and need to invest in the facets we need to get better at it? I agree. Can I, can I just give you my knucklehead moment of last year to, to sort of illustrate my argument, which I'm losing as usual with Kamala, but can I just give you my knucklehead moment of 2023 now that we've passed that year and it's behind us? Yes, I'm looking forward to it because you should... Oh. We talk okay. about everything that's done right. Okay, here's my knucklehead moment of the year. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to point to myself because I, I got to tell you, I'm pretty good at pointing to my mistakes. So I'm not going to go there. Uh, I, I'm going to point to this idea of attribution as being as simple as somebody uh, basically checking off a, how did you hear about us on a lead reg form? Have you heard this before? I know you have, right? I'm, so I, I'm triggered and <laughs> have done many rants on the topic. Yes, sir. Okay, it's rhetorical. Gamble is very familiar with this concept. And so here we are entering this era where, you know, we can unpack this over the next 10 episodes, but we're entering this era where we have this profound amount of data with AI to help us understand it. And we're still talking about something, sorry, as asinine as using a landing page form to say, how did you hear about us? So problematic. And for me... For me, that that was the like it's the knucklehead moment of 2023, and I'm so glad this year is behind us because it was being propagated the exact same time that AI, large language models, and large data sets are coming together to make this idea absurd. So that was my knucklehead. And so if you ask, tell me that marketers are bad at numbers, and I agree with you, it's because that advice was followed by some marketer. I'm so sorry I triggered you, Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening in, I'm sure we just edited out the really long pause and look of pain that went across my face as I was processing, reprocessing. Yes, it's 2024 and we're still talking about it. Doug, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Anything else you'd like to add before we end our third and final day? 
Welcome back, Kamala Thompson, to the RMR. So glad you're back. Thank you. I appreciate it. Doug, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find you online? So my Twitter handle is at Market Advocate. And um, of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm one probably of 20,000 Doug Bells, but uh, the Doug Bell you're going to be looking for is the Doug Bell that's a fractional executive with Chief Outsiders. And we will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>